0: Pray with me again church before we open God's word together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for revealing yourself to us. Lord, you didn't have to reveal yourself. We're sinful. Are unworthy of any of the graces that you give us, but you have chosen to reveal yourself to your people. And you have seen fit to use your word to build your church. To build Christians. To encourage believers. Lord would you would you encourage us in just that way this evening. As we look at your word again. As we see truths. Would you use it to, to mold our hearts. And to be encouraged by the things that you've revealed to shape our minds and lives and hearts and thoughts and opinions. Lord, in accordance with your word, would you do that for us? We thank you, Lord, for your word and once again together to sit under it. We say this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as human beings... I think it's kind of built into our DNA, isn't it, to be quite forgetful. We often get mesmerized and intimidated even by worldly powers and structures and rulers of our day. And we forget really how great and wonderful and majestic God is When we see some of these things, we could easily get thrown off track. Why? Because we're forgetful, we could be fearful, and oftentimes we could just stray in light of what's in front of us and forget so much of what God has revealed in His Word. We often overestimate things on earth and underestimate God. We could see the realities of world rulers and armies with their tanks and cruise missiles and atomic bombs and news headlines and money and resources galore and and, and people moving, nations moving, things happening, and those things in our world that 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 confront us could, could crowd out God and cause us to... Shudder in light of these things, worry in light of these things, be anxious in light of these things. We can get fearful and thrown off track even if you put those big things aside, right? Maybe you're like, ah, those news headlines don't bother me. Uh, Those big things don't bother me. But then, what about the little things of life that cause us to forget? We have challenging people at work, opposition from people in our families or community. Just if we're honest, sometimes, sometimes, if we're not careful, if we don't remember, we could be really quite a forgetful people at times, quick to forget God. This leads us to our passage this morning, which, for those of us who are doing the Robert Murray McShane daily Bible reading, was the reading one of the readings for Monday, uh, our Monday devotional reading in Isaiah chapter 31, so turn there. You already saw it on the screen there. We are going to look in Isaiah 31 for reasons to continually trust God over anything that might come our way, over anything that might throw us off track. And we're going to see this in point number one. We're going to see our need to trust in our mighty warrior God. Look with me at Isaiah 31 and the first three verses there. Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help and rely on horses, who trust in chariots because they are many, and in horsemen because they are very strong. But do not look to the Holy One of Israel or consult the Lord. And yet, He is wise and brings disaster. He does not call back his words, but will arise against the house of the evildoers and against the helpers of those who work iniquity. The Egyptians are man and not God. And their horses are flesh and not spirit. When the Lord stretches out his hand, the helper will stumble stumble, and he who is helped will fall and they will all perish Together. We need to trust in our mighty warrior God. The Israelites had the same problem that we have today. Didn't they? They were enamored by the earthly kingdoms and worldly powers like the rest of us can be at times. They looked to Egypt as powerful, and what did they do? They forgot God they looked to the horses to the chariots and to the horsemen and thought there there right there in those things that's what i can get where i can get my security and help that's where i can get confidence that's where my answers will be and in a sense in a sense you can't blame them because all of that that was listed there is very, very powerful. It'd be like looking at mighty armies and, and mighty uh, equipment in our day. We can look at that stuff and feel security in that, right? If we're in trouble and there's an opposition and we feel fearful and we had some tanks and some missiles and some, uh, who knows, just all the modern stuff and the F, whatever, 18, 14, whatever numbered jet. Those things would help us, right? Like against an enemy. You can kind of see where they might be coming from. But you see, they are looking at these fleets and this power and all these things for support against what they were fearful in. But what did they do? They neglected to consult or trust in God in the midst of all that. They got their eyes on the problems in front of them, and they found the solution to worldly powers and armies and might in front of them as well. I just want to say, oftentimes, if if we're not spiritually minded and steeped in prayer and trust in God, oftentimes, when the rubber meets the road, we could think about those things, most importantly. We could seek comfort and security in those earthly things in front of us. We could look at the outside and the world and these things, but but we should, in reality, be thinking about the greater God, the more powerful God. All those strong armies are not stronger than God. That's the point that's being brought across here. And I love how the passage says it. The Egyptians are not God but man. And the horses are flesh and not spirit. Think about the things in our lives that we could be fearful of and, and fret about or find security in, in life here in this fallen world. All of those things we can say, that's job security or the great armies of whatever nation or these great weaponry and self-defense opportunities, or whatever. Whatever it may be, whatever we may find security in, in all those things, not that we would ignore armies or ignore opportunities to defend ourselves, but ultimately all those things are not God, but man. And so we need to have our faith and foundation ultimately to the God who has an outstretched arm or hand And is a million times more powerful than all the armies of the world put together. It just fails in comparison. Do you believe that? If so, let's all trust the great God daily and remember to look to him over chariots and everything else. We just need to do that. We need to be reminded of it. And be comforted by it. Because he's a powerful God. These other things are not God but man. This leads us to point number two. We're going to find protection in our lion-like, hovering God. Let's see it from the text in verses 4 and 5. For thus the Lord said to me, as a lion or a young lion growls over his prey, and when a band of shepherds is called out against him, he is not terrified by their shouting or daunted by, At their noise. So the Lord of hosts will come down to fight on Mount Zion and on its hill. Like a bird hovering. So the Lord of hosts will protect Jerusalem. He will protect and deliver it. He will spare and rescue it. If you find yourself afraid about something today, we've already thought a little bit about that unsure or anxious or uncertain about things of the future or things going on or opposition and challenges in front of you. I think this is about the best metaphor that we can have in the back of our minds brought to the front of our minds that the God that we love and that we worship and that we know, the one that we know now into the future and always he was back then and he is this way now, that he's a like a mighty, confident lion with teeth the size of long blades, sharp and devastating. And this kind of lion is not going to flinch, even if there's a band of measly shepherds who happen to stumble by his territory, built into the lion's DNA is a kind of confidence over its enemies. They might yell and scream and try to intimidate the lion, But this lion is not backing down. He's not budging. He's not even phased. This is prey to the lion, not something to be scared of. The lion is thinking, are you kidding me in the illustration? Are you going to stand in my way? You will be lunch before you know it. That's the kind of power and might and confidence and strength that is illustrated here. But you see that the connection is to God God, you see, he is the one who fights for us. And he is like that confident lion who looks at his enemies. And if you are familiar with Psalm chapter 2, it says, he who sits in the heavens laughs at those who are trying to come against him. I'm paraphrasing Psalm 2. But he, he sits in the heavens and he laughs. Why? Because there's rulers and kings and armies and things that think that they're going to thwart God's plans. We're talking about God, the all-knowing all-powerful, majestic, mighty, wonderful, sovereign God, lion-like God. Then the illustration turns to this hovering of birds protecting and overseeing all that is happening so nothing will surprise him or get in his way. I think it's this this oversight. You see it all. It's not like something's going to take him by surprise. He sees what's coming down the road. Nothing's going to disrupt his plans. He's like that roaring lion, but he's like that bird that sees it all. You know, obviously God is not a lion and God is not a bird. You see that these are illustrations, but they're illustrations they have in our arsenal when we forget God, when we get fearful and we forget his power. So like a fierce, flying, hovering lion, that might be a picture with little wings and a lot, li- just to get those two together. That doesn't seem so powerful anymore when you put those together, but you know what I mean. It's a fierce lion, powerful, hovering. He knows what's going to happen. He knows what his enemies are going to do, and he's ready even to devour his prey as it communicates. But you see, that's not the conception of God that we oftentimes think of. This powerful God who will fight for us, who's there For us, the more popular uh, conception of the way to talk about God is more like a weak and cuddly teddy bear, almost like a care bear type. You know, some Christian authors and teachers and things could kind of talk about God in a way that is more akin to a teddy bear, but in reality, when we see a picture like this, and in reality of who God is and his power and might, he's more like a grizzly than he is like a care bear in that reality. Now, Yes, he cares. Yes, he's loving. Yes, he's long-suffering. Yes, he's patient. Yes, he's, he, he, he is patient with those who, who, who get in his way. He's patient with us and gracious with us. There's other pictures, of course, in the full picture of God. But, but what we need to be bringing to mind in light of the enemies and challenges and difficulties is that we've got a mighty and powerful and majestic God that, that gives us confidence. We feel fearful. We need to remember that it's God who is powerful like that and he can protect us against all our opposition, all our trials, all those difficulties and enemies and threats, which is why when we're in those situations, we should be going to God first in prayer because he's the God who knows all, is all powerful, could comfort us, could help us, and could give us perspective. And and really, it's God who we're seeking to live by and glorify and, and he's the one who we want to go to regularly so that when we forget that God really is our refuge, we need to be remembered the lion like hovering God here and that he's a comforter and care and protection to his people. He loves his people. He cares for his people. And he laughs at the opposition of people who think they're going to set up their throne against him. That's not how it works in God's world and with God's people. This leads us. To our third point in number three, cast away your idols and worship God. Look with me at verses six and seven. Turn to him from whom people have deeply revolted. O oh, children of Israel, for in that day, everyone shall cast away his idols of silver and his idols of gold. which your hands have sinfully made for you. The entire Old Testament gives us a history and contrasts the idolatry, even of God's very own people turning to idols and their idol worship. And it contrasts that practice towards confrontation and God calling his people back in repentance, calling back to worship God alone in the way that God alone prescribes, turning away from idols. And it's just a broken record over and over again. We could forget, people can forget how God has called us to worship Him, and idols could come in and distract. We need to make sure that we don't make company with idolaters and that we would repent of any and all pull or draw towards any form of idolatry, even as we saw last week in Galatia, I mean Galatians 5, right? That works of the flesh, the The two that are listed there related to to idolatry. We, We talked about how we can be pulled, even if it's not graven images. Usually it's not graven images, but things that replace God or things that take primacy in terms of our inner worship and care and pursuits over God. We need to be pulling back and turning away from idolatry, turning away from the worship of anything else in our thoughts and in our practices and in our actions. We need to be reminded to pursue God and to worship Him alone and to turn away from idolatry. And this is something that needs to be constantly upon our minds. It's just important for us because the Christian life, even as Martin Luther has helped us with and communicated to us, that repentance is not just what happens when you first get saved. And repentance and changing and turning from one direction to another is something that happens throughout the Christian life. Sometimes we hear repentance and we think, ooh, that's just for the unbelievers. Well, no. If repentance is just turning from sin and turning from idolatry and turning from immorality and turning from false ways and towards right ways, isn't that something that every single Christian does? Even if you've been a Christian for 50, 60, 70 years, that means it's 50, 60, 70 years of accumulated repentance and need to continue to repent. And we need to continue to do that as it relates to idolatry. In a fallen world, so many of us could be led to turn away from God in these ways because everywhere we look, we see people who have revolted against God and have been pursued unrepentant worship of idols in a variety of ways. But we must remember that we should just be regularly turning and repenting away from these things because the lion like judge will not put up with our idolatry and all the idolatry of the world and one day all the idols will be fully shattered so let's be wise now and put aside and turn away and repent of any of those polling and worship God now today regularly it's easy to revolt it's easy for many to revolt let's just cast away the idols and continue to repent for them And continue to worship and turn towards God. Let's learn from the Israelites of old. And let's set our our hearts and minds on the God who alone is worthy of worship. And this leads us to our fourth and final point. Fear not. For you have a God who calls his shots. Let's see it in verses 8 and 9. And the Assyrian shall fall by a sword not a man and a sword not a man shall devour him he shall flee from the sword and his young men shall put be put to forced labor his rock shall pass away in terror and his officers desert the standard in panic declares the lord whose fire is in Zion, and whose furnace is in Jerusalem. Here's the thing. It's one thing to be reminded about the power of God today. But what about when the rubber meets the road in our lives or in our current situation and issues and trials in front of you, in front of us? And when there's a powerful enemy in front of you, like there was a powerful enemy in front of the Israelites, Assyria was a powerful, the Assyrians were powerful enemies. And there was real opposition to be afraid of, for them to have really in front of them a problem. A problem in front of them uh, of opposition and trial and difficulty. And really for us, when the rubber, it, rubber meets the road, when that trial comes knocking out the door and is, we're face to face with it. And that's where they were at. And you see, they forgot their great God and they look to other things. I think all of us would agree here that God is great, powerful. We would affirm that. We confess that together. I know all of us here confess that together. But what about when the enemy is in front of us and the problem is growing and all these things are coming up? It can cause us to to, to almost doubt that or forget that. That's what the Assyrians were to the Israelites. And like I said, they were a bad, dangerous, ruthless, bloodthirsty bunch. But thankfully, God causes shots. He prophesies and makes certain the future defeat of his enemies, even in this situation. And you know what? In Isaiah chapter... I think it's 37, the Assyrians would fall by the sword. This is 31. Later, it would be revealed that they fall by the sword, and God's prediction would come true. When God says something, he comes through with it. Now, we don't always have the clarity about every situation and how it'll turn out, okay? The Israelites did in this context. But we do know that ultimately justice will be had. Our God is in the heavens, he does all that he pleases. There is a future day of judgment where God is going to make all things right. That all of his children will be, will be vindicated. Not like we need to be vindicated. We've been forgiven much. But we're going to be in the new heavens and the new earth with our great God. We know the end from the beginning. We don't have to worry about who's going to win and if we're going to be on the winning team, if we're a believer. We have promises, though, that we could, we could hold on to even while we hold on to our seats in the wild ride of our lives of challenges and difficulties and problems and issues and enemies and, 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 and fear and worry and these types of things. God calls his shots here in 31 and then it comes true in 37 when the Assyrians were wiped out. He called his shots and he was true there. He calls his shots, dear believer, uh, that nothing's going to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord, as Romans 8 says, right? Nothing can. Heights or depths or principalities nor things present nor things to come this is all very very loose but you know romans 8 nothing we could have confidence now oh he's a great god even when the most fierce armies and opposition comes here god is better god is good he protects his people the israelites forgot it they needed to be reminded And they keep forgetting it. Oh, the Lord keeps providing. And they kept forgetting it. Would we not forget it? Would we trust in the provision that he's given us through his son, Jesus Christ? If you're a believer, you are an adopted child in the family of God. Though we don't know what the future will bring and what life trials are ahead, what oppositions and hardships and trials and suffering and and sadness and difficulties are ahead, we do know we do know that God has sent his son to cover our sins and to guarantee us eternity with him. This is a promise worth meditating upon. That God called his shots here in Isaiah 31. He calls shots for those of us, his shots for those of us who are in Christ. We can put confidence in that god jesus really did cover our sins he really did rise from the dead oh and we will one day rise we will have resurrected bodies though we shall die we will be resurrected just like jesus our forerunner was resurrected oh that that should give us confidence What a wonderful, powerful God we serve. A lion like God who hovers over all the world and he knows the end from the beginning. He knows the details of our lives. He knows the details of our trials. He knows our past trials. He knows our current trials. And he knows the ones around the corner. He did this for Israel. He does this for us. Let's put our trust in the God who is in the heavens and not in the chariots here on earth. Let's pray. Father we thank you for the confidence that you give us. We thank you for the, what you've revealed in your word today. We need reminders like this. Thank you for giving it to us. Would you cause it to just permeate our prayers as we go into our prayer time? Would you cause us to, to just love and worship you in light of how wonderful you are? Would you comfort all the dear saints that are here with us now? Care for them, love them, protect them. Oh, Lord, would you protect them and care for them and give them confidence in you? Would you do that for all of us? So we say this in Christ's name. Amen.